Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Rish Lotlikar of Superworld. He, his career has spanned experience on Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, along with being all over the world. He has an extensive, extensive background that we're going to dive into. Rish, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Seth. I appreciate it. All right, so let's go back in time. Before Superworld, how did you get started? You've got, I mean, obviously we can't go through all of it, but I mean, you've been an investment banker, you've been in venture capital. Let's talk a little bit about your experience in the finance space. Yeah, so I, you know, originally was going into medicine. So, you know, I was in college studying, I was like pre-med and uh, in business, in, in w- when I was kind of pursuing that, I'd gotten a, a grant to do a business degree and so kind of went on this path that was like less traveled uh, for me and, and what I thought I was going to do. Um, so I did ended up doing like an MPH MBA, ended up in consulting and then got into investment banking and loved it. I mean, I was really uh, into, into, into business and investment banking was a really good way of getting um, a lot of the, you know, the financial toolkit of understanding how to structure um, deals and, and how to raise capital and then got into venture capital, which was also kind of more of the same. Okay. So how, what were some of the lessons you learned from like the deals that you were evaluating that are applicable to what you're doing today? Um, you know, you know, in investment banking, you are working on very big deals. Uh, typically, I was at a, I was at UBS and HSBC, which are you know bigger banks. They do bigger kinds of deals. But you know, the thing that really struck me was working with uh, CEOs of companies that wanted to take their companies public or get acquired. And you know, I was advising them on M and A strategy and you know equity capital market strategy. And the whole time, I would be thinking to myself, man, I want to be that guy. You know, that entrepreneur guy who's like coming in to get investment banking services from, you know, such a large, cool bank, you know, um, who's that guy? And so that was kind of something that drew me. And then, you know, getting into venture capital where you're actually working on some of the earlier stage stuff. So series A type of financing or a seed financing or series B financing even, um, you really learn kind of the nuts and bolts of how, how does that happen? How do you structure a company? How do you put a company together? How do you create value? How do you go and raise capital into that into a variety of stages and rounds? And 
And so that was very applicable of how to, how to, you know, VCs professionally approach company formation and, and, and building and growing a, a business and, you know, a business model. Awesome. How did that translate? How did, how did the transition happen between that and Superworld? So that, that was a journey. So, um, you know, I ended up doing VC. I had a crazy idea, you know, wouldn't it be cool to start a VC fund somewhere in the emerging market? So I was living in New York, ended up going out to Eastern Europe, went to Ukraine, Russia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Moldova, about 10 years ago. Ended up deciding Ukraine was a spot. It took me about a year and a half, but I partnered with uh, two amazing partners and launched an early stage BC fund called East Labs about 10 years ago in Ukraine. Um, ended up, uh, you know, getting involved in a similar kind of operation called uh, Tech Minsk in Belarus. I'm on the board of that, which is backed by the U.S. State Department. Then after that, my career took me to uh, join a company called TopTal, which is a talent marketplace backed by Andreessen Horowitz. It's a it's an elite talent marketplace um, that's now grown and scaled. And so that taught me a lot about how do you grow and start companies and scale them. And then five years ago, uh, I co-founded Rogue Initiative Studios, which is a film, television, gaming, and virtual reality studio in Hollywood. My co-founder produced Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare series and Ghosts, and my production partner is Michael Bay, the action director. And so at Rogue Initiative, you know, we build franchises that go across feature film, television, gaming, VR. And basically what happened was, you know, being in the AR VR world, which is what Rogue Initiative does, we're backed by a lot of the top AR VR venture capital funds. I came from that world and, and Pokemon Go came out, right? About four and a half years ago, really exploded onto the- I was obsessed with that. Yeah, it's huge, huge phenomenon. A lot of people don't know Seth, but it was the fastest company in history to hit a billion dollars in revenue, right? In history, can you imagine? Um, and and then the other thing is, is a lot of people don't know is this was their best year ever. So they've been growing really fast and doing well. And our vision was, you know, if we can't build the next Pokemon Go, what if we could build a world? What if we could build a place where the next thousand Pokemon Go's gets built onto? And that was kind of the vision of Superworld. And I co-founded Superworld with my co-founder, Max Woon, who's this brilliant guy. He he uh, did X-Fire before, sold it to Viacom, but he's done Fizzle, Sliver, Skid, and Toonstar, uh, different venture-backed companies, and previously worked in Stephen Hawking's department at Cambridge. So we'd worked together on the YouTube platform, and we were like, let's build a world. That was the, uh, that was the idea. Awesome. So what is Superworld? So Superworld is a world. We're in it right now. So it's all around us. Okay, so you have a world, I have a world, brands have worlds. So if I come to your city, regardless of where you are in the world, you could say, hey, Rich, you know what, just check out my world. And I could walk around and you've left me things. You've left a hologram of yourself somewhere downtown, totally interactive. You've left photos and videos in different places. You've left messages at your favorite restaurants, you know, about what I should eat and drink. You've personalized the real world in augmented reality. You've you've left logos or interactive videos of the Sharkpreneur podcast all over the place, right? And so, you know, I have a world, you have a world, brands have worlds. Nike could put a shoe, an interactive shoe in the park next to your house, but Coca-Cola in the same place could leave a Coca-Cola bottle, right? So any spot in space 
can have an infinite number of items depending on what world you're looking at. My world, your world, Coca-Cola's world, Nike's world. There's an infinite number of worlds. And so what I've described is a combination of Pokemon Go, which is an analogy for adding digital information to the real world, meets Foursquare, which is an analogy for data. In this case, if we all have an unlimited number of interactive virtual worlds, lots of data. And then the third part of Superworld is Monopoly. So we've divided the surface of the earth into 64 billion virtual blocks. Each block occupies a city block of land. So regardless of where you are, you could buy your downtown or your favorite sports stadium or, you know, wherever it is that you enjoy hanging out. You buy that block, it's 0.1 uh, ether, which is about $150 today. And if you buy that block, you're getting a share of any of the commerce, advertising, e-commerce, digital commerce, data, analytics, gaming that occurs on that block of land in the infinite number of worlds that exist there. My world, your world, Coca-Cola's night, anything that happens there, you get a share of that. So it's essentially a, a world built on top of the real world. We have a mobile app that's an open beta that simply allows you to create, discover, and monetize content anywhere. And then we're building an NFT marketplace, which is a, a way of creating digital assets out of any content. So you could take all your Sharkpreneur podcasts, come over to SoupWorld, create digital assets, and then sell them to your fans or create limited edition stuff. People can buy and sell those assets. And then every time they resell, you still get paid. So you can program them to always pay you, you know, 10% of any future sale prices. So you can create digital programmable content assets in Superworld, put them into augmented reality. Okay, so, so fascinating. We're gonna run out of time. I won't have enough time to get all my questions answered. So that means okay. you did your job, right, as a guest. Okay, so, so you said infinite number. So does that mean, so let's say I bought the block where our sports, the NFL stadium is, because yes. they don't own it yet, because they don't know about you. Are you saying, so it's not a finite supply. I'm not the only one who can, I can't get a monopoly on that block. Anybody else could also overlay my block or can I go buy Rich Stadium right now and then squat it and sell it back to them? Yeah, it's probably already it's probably already sold. You should check, but you could go buy it and there's only one stadium. So there's only one everything is geographically mapped. So if you buy that block, that's your block. You own it. We're decentralized. So what that means is unlike Facebook and Google, if you love Superworld, you can actually buy it. You can own it. You can sell it. You can own the platform. And so yeah, there's only one block. Go check it out and go to Superworld app, enter Superworld type in the name of that stadium or the city you can zoom in on the map and you can see whether it's already bought or sold um i'd be curious actually i'm gonna um, do it right now yeah yeah and where is that stadium i'm sorry i, I... i'm gonna look for a couple things obviously but uh okay. here is my uh question is so are you getting a cut a percentage of like every transaction what's your plan for monetization yeah. So, you know, again, we're a virtual world, so there's a lot of monetization potential. You know, there's there's advertising, e-commerce, digital commerce, data, analytics, gaming, literally, um, you know, a variety of ways that we can monetize. And, you know, we have a guy on our board who's the guy who created the word metaverse. And, you know, in the metaverse, um, basically how it works is every action by any party, anyone, you know, benefits the metaverse as well as benefits that party, benefits you to do things. And so, yeah, so everyone shares in, in the revenue and income opportunities created in Superworld.
All right, so I got different parts of the stadium. I've got the store, I've got the Van Miller Club, I've got all of the different, I think the stadium counts as more than one block, hypothetically. Yes, probably. It's If it's big, it, it, yeah. it would cover more than one. Stadium. So then my Is other it, question, yeah. So then my, my next question would be, how can I squat it, sell it when they come looking for it? Um, does my virtue that I see the ticker at the bottom saying all of these places were just bought. How many users do you have right now? How many plots of digital land have you sold? Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing that we, we talk about is that our average paying user buys about 10 to 15 plots. So if one you, block isn't going to cover my real city, right? I could buy my yeah. office. And then yeah. if I really wanted to leave stuff all over my, do my parcels have to be geographically congruent or could my world be 10 different parcels all over the world? Well, first of all, you don't need to buy any land to do anything in Superworld. So you can create and share content anywhere in the world, regardless of whether you own anything at all, right? So first of all, you know, Superworld is a free platform where you can share content. If you are interested in buying places because you're a fan of that team and you want to own that plot or you want to own your city or downtown or whatever, you can do that. And if you own that, now you get a share of any of the activity that's happening in any of the infinite number of filters on that world, the world, right? So my world, your world, the sports team's world, so anyone who's using the commerce to happen in my world, there's got to be traffic, right? Someone's got to be in super world, either I've got to drive them there, or they're part yes. of the super world user base and say, hey, I'm also in Buffalo, I want to go check out Bill's stadium, and they go there, and I put up something for sale or some type of content, and then they click and buy it. 100% and or they can visit it virtually so they don't have to go they could be on game day wondering hey what's going on in the stadium they can click on the map on the stadium and then content that's been left there by you or someone else even the stadium or the team or an opposing team or whatever they can click onto that world and that content even if they're sitting in Los Angeles will appear in front of them in augmented reality. Or so they I could be in the like stadium. Pokemon Go, I don't have yeah. to physically go show, hold up my phone to build stadium to see it. I can go in the app and see it. Now, if I don't own that block, yeah. I can still yeah. put up content and make money. Yes, hundred percent. Somebody you can else's put, block. Yes, you can put content up anywhere, and that content that you put up goes into your world, your filter of the world, right? So, so it, there could be so an infinite would, number of filters. If I don't own the block. Mm -hmm. But and I put it up in my world, but you're attending Bill Stadium, not in my can you attend it not in my world and thus not see my content and thus I make no money. Well, the thing is, is I might not see your content, but there could be other people looking at your content and uh, someone else is looking at Coca-Cola's content. Someone else is looking at the Bills content. And all if you own that stadium, you're getting a share of all of those interactions from all of those different worlds. I could be, you know, I could be looking at shoes in there. I'm doing some shopping. Uh, I could be watching a movie and not even watching the game. And that's all happening potentially in your plot of land that you own. So theoretically, I own the land. Other people yeah. can put content up on my land. Yes. Total strangers from them can go to that land, buy a click a thing, buy a thing, and because I owned it, I get paid. But yes. if it's not my land, and I if Coke puts something up on my land, do they still make money when somebody buys Coke through that link, affiliate link, or how does that work? Yeah. So if Coke or you know an e-commerce brand, let's say 
has a activation of some sort, marketing, advertising, whatever, in the stadium, back to your example. And, you know, a user goes and clicks on their ad as an example, right? And, and an ad is not like a billboard ad. It's like an object, like you want to look at a car or you want to see something, you know, it's not like a banner ad. Um, and that creates a monetization activity, then yeah, whoever is the owner of that gets a share of that income, right? It's so, kind of how YouTube works. So then the premise would be, I would think that you need a massive user base because the world, as you said, I think you have 64 billion parcels. You're going to need a massive user base to really make this a significantly sized company like some of your other ventures how many users do you have now and what's the plan to get, what's what's the kpis you're trying to hit yeah so you know the the one thing to think about as well just to be clear is the whole world is structured as an nft so if you know what's going on in the nft world and just to give you a story you know, I, I talked to an artist, you know, three months ago, sold his first week, first piece of art for 25K, sold his second piece of art for 350K, right? Um, so there is a huge acceleration in what's happening in this world of creating digital assets. And so besides what I've told you about the world economics of what's happening, we're building and launching very soon in the next few weeks, uh, a whole marketplace for these types of digital assets. And so that is going to be, you know, back to your question, kind of where a lot of the revenue is going to be generated from digital commerce. What you're thinking about is more advertising. Hey, there's got to be a lot of eyeballs yes. to generate income. And what I'm trying to explain to you is there's already a lot of income being generated by trading and selling digital assets, right? Which has nothing to do with eyeballs. That has to do with- well, You still need people to create those assets and other people to trade want them. No, not necessarily. So for example, if you go buy the stadium right now, the, the stadium yes. that you're referring to, you can reprice that stadium, right? And and there's a number of people in the world, and I don't even know if it's available. You, you, you can check if it's a colored square on it, it might be taken. But as an example, you know, someone else who's a Bills fan or whatever, you know, fan that you're speaking about, they might already have eyes on that stadium. So there, there's already marketplace activity, given that there is a large supply of content already out there in the, in the form of real estate, right? But then on top of that, which is what you're bringing up, which is another layer of, hey, I'm going to create content uh, for advertising purposes. But I would say before that, what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of creators like yourself, for example, and we'd love to partner with you on this, um, is we could do a, a partnership with Sharkpreneur podcast, get a lot of your videos and sell out limited editions of the content to the, the, the people you've interviewed, the other people as digital assets that they can collect and, and share. And so I think that the next step in this is not going to be the you know, the eyeballs model of advertising, it's going to be actual creators who are creating content they already have into, they're going to be converting those into digital assets and putting them into super world. So that's going to create automatic uh, sales opportunities. Okay. Awesome. Yes. I'm yeah. happy. Love to have that yeah. conversation with you separately. Cool. So, um, and obviously we produce 63 shows. So that's a lot of content besides our yeah. own. So we can build a whole network in your world. So how many people are in the world at this point and what is your, how are you scaling that number? 
Yeah. So again, I think the, the stat that we talk about publicly is that our average paying user spends this much. We're an early stage company, so we're still growing and scaling. Sure. Um, we Again, how do we plan on scaling that? You know, I, I tell you that I hear three things when I talk to customers and I talk to about 50 customers a day. One thing I hear is, you know, this blows my mind. It's like people are buying this virtual land. How does it work? What can I do? So all these questions. But the second thing I hear is I've told everyone I know. So it's a very viral story. If you hear about it, you, you wouldn't take a rocket ship to Mars without telling people. Same thing, you wouldn't buy Superworld land, the virtual land and Superworld without telling people, they tell people. So we find that a lot of our customers are just naturally into it. And the third thing I find, Seth, is that everyone who buys is very excited. They're like, hey, guess what? I own Rich Stadium. I own downtown Buffalo. I own Times Square. I own, you know, they're very talkative about where they own these places. And it's a very personal connection to these places. And so what we're seeing is that a lot of the activity is very like word of mouth oriented. But as we start kind of putting together partnerships, the reason we're doing this podcast is getting the word out. We're energizing more and more people around, around us. So we're doing a lot of that. We're also educating the market. A lot of people want to know about crypto. They've, they've like heard about Bitcoin. They've seen that price rise. They've heard about Ethereum, but they don't know what NFTs are. Gary Vaynerchuk just started talking about uh, NFTs last week. So did Mark Cuban. So did, you know, Chamath Palapatia, right? And now people are like, oh, what are NFTs? Oh, wait, Superworld, the whole thing is an NFT? They start realizing. So, that, you know, some of these things are uh, systemic marketplace-wide, you know, as technology gets to hit more mainstream. Some of these things are related to AR, VR and, and the, you know, the speed of that market. So, you know, Apple's coming out with glasses, Facebook's coming out with glasses. All of this is going to push us into mainstream soon. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? You know, we're, we're the, the vision of Superworld, the high level vision is Superworld is a virtual world that improves your life. We improve the world. We, we empower you to create your Superworld, whatever that means for you, right? And I'm passionate about that because there's, you know, we work with artists, we work with musicians, we work with people in the sports community. We work with people who are passionate about what they do. And I love, I'm curious as a person, I love stories, I, I love traveling. And so for me, it's really exciting to you know, talk to people that want to change the world, that want to brighten the world, want to, you know, share their art, share their beauty, music, whatever it happens to be. And we're kind of a virtual world that empowers them and enables them to, you know, hopefully, hopefully monetize what they're doing, hopefully share what they're doing and get discovered. So that's very exciting for me. As, yeah, absolutely fascinating. Uh, greatly appreciate your time. This has been Seth Green with Rish from Superworld. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. 
This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.